the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents... Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. We are in our special IFHY episode I am Zach Romero. I am playing one half of Barbara Walters with Chad Allen. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndyCast. Chad Allen uh, by myself here at the IndyCast uh, World Headquarters right now. And uh, for my half of this episode, I have joining me here the de facto leader of IFHY, one of the most talked about, get your shit in champions in the history of punk pro wrestling, and arguably the softest hair in the world of professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the IndyCast, Jonathan Wolf. Jonathan, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, lying about the hair, it's pretty nice. What's your name? I've seen it up close on multiple occasions. It's a a fantastic uh, mane of hair. So uh, what we're going to do here is, uh, because we are a wrestling podcast and as such, we are incredibly uh, uncreative, We're going to run through all of the typical boring uh, podcast questions in what we like to call the lightning round here. So we're going to blow through all of these. You give as uh, long or as short of an answer as you'd like. These are your typical questions that that most run-of-the-mill wrestling podcasts are going to ask you as a guest. So we'll go through these first, and then we can kind of dig a little deeper and get into the nitty-gritty. So our first lightning round question... Who trained you in professional wrestling, and when did you debut? It would have to be uh, my dad trained me, and it was in August, I want to say, 2012. I was like 12 years old, 12 or 13. Really? So your dad trained you? Now, what's your dad's wrestling background? Um, Okay, so he actually got into wrestling because uh, my grandfather actually did it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're you're technically a third-generation wrestling wolf? Yep. That is, that is correct. Wow, okay, excellent. All right, so get so walk me through the family tree here. So, um, My grandfather got into wrestling. I can't really tell. I didn't really ask that much about it. I didn't know he did it forever. And uh, he was really good friends with uh, Dick the Bruiser up here in Indiana. Okay, excellent. So uh, he did a lot of stuff with him and all that. And then uh, my dad actually started wrestling. He was like 15 and then uh, from there, he had me, I think he was like 19 when he had me, and then after that, I started going to all the shows with them, and uh, I honestly did not want to wrestle, I hated wrestling. Really? It's, it's, all, I ever, it's all I ever been around, so like, he was Oh, right, okay. I was like, oh, here we go, another show. It would be like if you're, if, if like the most people's dads were like, no, 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 you have to come to the office with me every, every weekend. And, yeah, yeah, that's how it was. Okay. Like,
I think you may be, in fact, the only person in the world of professional wrestling whose origin story is, I was peer pressured by Sean Kemp to get into wrestling. <laughs> Close enough, yep. So, uh, very interesting. So, so walk me through, and this is already a bad start to, quote-unquote, a lightning round, seeing as I'm deep diving here. Um, so walk me through the actual training. So was it... Did your dad have, like, access to a facility that you guys could train, like, normally? Was it, like, you training in the backyard? Um, so, my, uh, grandfather actually owns his own business. He's had it for, I think, over 20-plus years. It's, uh, called WCWO in Indiana. And, uh, in the back of his, uh, house, he had a whole ring set up in a, like, a big barn type thing. So, like... When I was younger, I was going there, and, like, I went to a book at a super young age. I was always doing, like, hurkaranas with the people. I would go to shows and do hurkaranas in the ring and swan times and backflips and all that. So, like, I always knew how to bump. It was never a problem for me to learn that. Mm-hmm. My thing was I didn't need to learn how to do the moves and make them look good and all that. Okay. Interesting. So, about how long into training before you started actually, like, wrestling on shows? Um, I think actually when we uh, when we had the idea, we actually had like probably two months to get ready before we did the show. Holy hell! Yeah, it, it came naturally to both of us. It wasn't hard for us to do it. Interesting. So, a this also gives a little bit different context to the big controversy of 2018 of Izzy wrestling Effie, and she was 11. Seeing as you were putting on full shows with two months of training when you were 13 and 12, that's pretty damn impressive and gives a little more context there. Number two, now this makes for a very interesting second lightning round question. Um, I imagine you're going to give a little bit of a different answer. What is your earliest wrestling memory, whether you liked it or not? Hmm. So my earliest memory, I'll get to that one first, uh, would have to be I went to a lot of uh, IPW shows in Indiana, uh, Insanity Pro Wrestling. Okay. It was, uh, it was, it was a, one of the major companies in the Midwest. It's where uh, like you'll find a lot of young Ricochet, young Chuck Taylor, young uh, Dave and Jake Chris, Sammy Callahan. Like, a lot of people went through IPW. And I just remember going to those shows and seeing them do insane shit all the time. Okay. So that was probably my earliest memory of it. So let me ask you this. Were you ever exposed to WWE or, or WCW or anything? Well, technically, let's see. You're younger than I am, so maybe not WCW, but WWE or anything like that. Was that ever even in the equation, or was it really just indie from birth? Um, I was mainly, like, only surrounded by indie wrestling. Like, yes, I knew about WWE, and, like, I would watch it just like any other kid would at that age. But I didn't watch it to the point where I, like, had to see it. If it was, like, on, I would watch it. Because, like, like I said, I did not want to be in wrestling. I didn't want to be around it. Right. This is all I know. It was just annoying. So, like, I never, like, would want to go, like, oh, it's Monday. Let's get turned it on, you know? Or, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm mainly indie. Like, I grew up on the indies. I was uh, watching wrestling. So, let me ask you this, then. How do you fight from getting burned out again? Because you were burnt out when you were six years old. Like, how do you... How do you keep wrestling interesting for you then, if you've literally grown up with it? Um, for me, like the biggest problem was like just watching it because I've seen so much. Like I've seen the 
Like, I've seen pretty much everything. I've seen Rick Shane at the Double Moonsault Live. So, you know, a lot of people can say that. Like, True. He only did it for, he did it for, like, just a little bit. Not, he didn't do it too long. But I've seen, like, the first couple of lives, because they happened in Indiana. And, um, like, I've seen so much crazy shit that, like, there's nothing they can really talk to. I've seen it almost all. True. And then, what got me back into is, like, when I first stepped into the ring, it was like, yo, this is awesome. I can do this every day. Okay. So that's what got me back into it. So, needless to say, you know, in in the world of professional wrestling, you're always going to be a wrestler first. You're never going to just be like, oh, I'll just be a manager and that's fine. It seems like the actual being in it and doing it yourself is what keeps that fire burning. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, shifting gears here in the lightning round, uh, seeing as you seemingly have a knack for uh, having people, at least in the South, boo the living shit out of you, so, with that being said, uh, who is your favorite movie villain? My favorite movie villain? Yes. Hmm. Huh. I really have the question for you, so I do one. I was going to say, we can only go with the softballs from every uh, podcast for so long until we go off the rails here, so I apologize. <laughs> no, this is perfect. I, I like it. It's- Thinking, I was glad. I'm glad this is different than all the others. That's what we. That's what we strive for here. I gotta say, like Chucky is one of my favorite, like evil villains. He's the best. Excellent, excellent. Um, can we agree that just Brad Dourif's voice in all of the Child's Play films is just a work of art in its own? Just that poor, <laughs> that poor, poor little boy man just screaming his lungs out. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Let's 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 become uh, horrible horrors. The the movie podcast within the wrestling podcast. So, what are your thoughts on the weird split that Child's Play is currently going through? Because right now, there's technically two Child's Play films in production. There's a another sequel to Cult of Chucky that's coming straight to DVD. Then there's also the reboot of Child's Play that's coming to theaters, and there's supposedly a Child's Play TV show, I believe, coming to the Sci-Fi Channel? So, you've got three different projects run by three different people, all centering around Chucky. So, what are your thoughts on that, and do you have a particular one you're looking forward to between those? See, like, um, for me... I couldn't really give an opinion on all three of these, like, especially since, like, three different people are trying to do it. Right. Because I feel like everybody always has a different vision of what their Chucky would be, just like everything has a vision for, like, different Batman stories, you know, True. Spider-Man stories. True. And I don't know, I think I'll, I'll always just be a fan of, like, the original one, the first one that was made. Yeah. Like, I feel like sequels are never better than the original. True. <laughs> so, I, I just, I honestly could not look forward to them. Cause I'm like, I feel like it would just be... True. There's a lot. I would say that's a safe. Uh, that's a safe response because there's so many different variables here in terms of you know who knows how any of these projects are going to turn out. Uh, the one that they just had the trailer for, which is the reboot, it's like Chucky has Wi-Fi in him, and that's part of it. Like it, there's a lot that's 
potentially looking to go wrong. Um, by and large, are you a big horror buff yourself, or no? Just Chucky's sort of the kind of guilty pleasure. Yeah, Chucky's kind of guilty pleasure. Like, I'm like, I'm really big into like, uh, like video games and all that. Like, I really watch like TV and movies. So, like, when I do, like, if I had to pick a horror movie that I have, my go-to. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, What do you? I'll throw this as as a question on the lightning round. Uh, What is currently taking up all your time in terms of gaming? What are you playing currently? Um, right now, uh, I hopped on the high train of the, the Apex Legends game that came out. Okay, okay. What have you thought about that so far? Um, I think it's a really great, like, uh, Battle Royale game that just got really, like, super fun, super smooth to play. I haven't really had any problems with it. Excellent. Excellent. Um, how much more do you think the Battle Royale... Do you think Battle Royale is still going to be just kind of a gimmick for gaming to kind of, like, latch onto until it burns out, or do you think it really has kind of changed the landscape of online play? Um, I think, it was, like, as of now, like, it changed, like, the landscape of how gameplay is played, but, uh, I feel like it can probably die out because it can get really repetitive. There's so much you can do with Battle Royale games because if you land, you loot, you go, you land, you loot, you go, just over and over and over. All sure. you can really do is, like, people add vehicles, they've already done that. Different maps. That's all they can do is add maps to it. True. Yeah, that seems like uh, you're always on that kind of um, almost on like a quest for constant bells and whistles to kind of keep the 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 game itself interesting, since the gameplay can be so repetitive. You're right. Um, and then finally, even though you just mentioned that you know you're mostly a video game guy, um, oh damn it, you're young. I can't ask you like Sega or Nintendo. That would have been a question when I was a kid. Um, oh, no, I, I have big Nintendo all the way if you have big. Well, that, that's not fair anymore, though, because Sega's dead. Like, if this was 1995, yeah. it would be a different <laughs> conversation. But right now it's like, oh, do you want this thing that just dropped the Switch, which is arguably one of the best gaming systems of all time, or Sonic Racing? Like, that, that that's not a fair question. Oh, uh, like, I, I didn't. I didn't really care for Sega. I never could get into it. Like, I played up at the original Sega before. Okay. Okay. And uh, it never caught my attention. It was just, I don't know. I felt like it was like an off-brand of like top systems in that like, time. Oh, so the blast processing didn't grab you? That's then. No. It's a very old I reference to advertising. Anyway. All right, so that's our that's our lightning round here. So let's let's delve into instead of just random wacky questions here. Let's go into a little bit of your story. So obviously we got to learn about the the Wolf Clan and and your training at a very very early age. Let's talk a little bit about the form the official formation of IFHY. Walk us through how this uh, this collected group of dangerous Midwest boys actually came together. Said me and Sean, we met each other. So like we, we met previous for that. Our dad's really good friend. We talked. We ended up wrestling. Well, we wrestled for a little bit. Around I was like say I was sixteen, Sean was seventeen. Um, I went up to this promotion called New Wave Pro in Indiana, and I was wrestling. And I met somebody in the back, my uh, Cole Roderick. Mm-hmm. He was in training, and we were in the back. He was talking, whatever. Just out there, and I walked out to the ring, and I said, here you go, kid, here's my jacket, the only thing you'll ever hold in wrestling. Oh. <laughs> um, then, I think two months later, I came back to that same company, and he was the debut. They were talking again, you know, it was kind of fun. 
And then from there, I invited him down to my family's company that runs uh, every Friday in Indianapolis, WWO, the one I mentioned earlier. And he came down, he started wrestling, and we started bonding even more, us three, me, Sean, and Cole. And then that started going for about a year or two, though. So like a year later, we ended up meeting a person that is a touring rose that goes by J.R. Rose a lot in the crowd, and he wanted to like do designs and all that for the for the company because he loved wrestling. And he wanted to try to like just help any way he could. So uh, I ended up introducing him to my grandfather. They ended up doing some work. When all that happened, and then we ended up all becoming really great friends over that summer. And we ended up calling ourselves the Indies 3 at first. And we started doing uh, that little hand symbol that we did. Right. Because there's three of us and then the, uh, the pinky was the Indiana for the eye. See, we're getting some and exclusives here on the ex- on the explanation of the hand gesture. That's amazing. <laughs> yep, yep. And then, um, so we ended up coming, uh, ISHY as a group because uh, I had this armband that was uh, given to me by Chip Cassidy. And we uh, ended up taking that and turning it into a group because we didn't take the meaning that the armband did stand for. We changed it alternate to our own thing. Mm-hmm. And that's how we formed that. Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, how ISHY became the ring. Amazing, and you guys have really torn it up across uh, independent wrestling. Obviously, you made a huge splash in Florida, especially in Punk Pro, and that that whole movement has sort of, I guess I don't want to say gone viral, but it's certainly started catching some people's attention, and on the social circles, and uh, and there's also demands for T-shirts, which we'll be uh, working on um, now. Have you all as a collective come up with alternate meanings for IFHY, or has it been just unanimous and every interviewer who asks and all that, it's always the same answer? Um, it will always be the same answer. Okay. Um, there's a set meeting within the group that no one will ever know outside of it. Okay. But people will get an answer on what it means. They will never understand the full meaning of it, though. Understood. Now, next question... Uh, when you were kind of pulling together this team and uh, and this collective of of young talented wrestlers in the Midwest, you had a big feud with the Carnies, mm-hmm. and so that was actually, I think, one of the bigger moments that caught a lot of people's attention in pro wrestling was this big feud that developed between you and Nick Iggy and Carrie Awful and. And so on and so forth. So walk us through destroying the Carnies and then the Carnies rebuilding and all this other stuff. This has been like a whole saga between IFHY and the Carnies. Yeah, um, so with that, um, the, the whole Carnies thing was, it was like a, we didn't earn their respect. We, because like just because we were, uh, Trip Cassidy claimed us and all that, they feel like that we didn't earn their respect. Mm-hmm. So, that you basically had like a buy-in through Trip. Yeah, they, they, they thought we were using Trip just to get by them, and they didn't feel like it felt like that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Like we should earn respect with like their whole group, not just Trip. Okay. So they set out to make a point, and they ended up getting us at first. Not gonna lie, 
solid match. Their specialty match. Well, we thought it'd be fair since they put us through all that misery and it was putting us down that they should, they should like, you know, put their team up. They're not allowed to tag for that company anymore. And we actually end up beating them uh, with their own moves, when they say. It's true. Destroyer. And, um, as you see, they're, they're sore losers, and uh, Nick took it into his own hands to step away, like, farther. It was just one company, and he took it, like, way out of abortion and pulled it out. True. True. <laughs> and uh, I feel like, I, I feel like they shouldn't, they shouldn't start tagging anymore. They should, they should face us again and prove that they're back to a unit. Oh, uh, okay. That you, you guys kind of become like the litmus test, almost. Yeah, like, uh, I don't think they forget about us, but we did break them up. True. And I don't think they should just come back together without proving themselves to us now. Because they need our respect. The, the I broke Wahoo's leg of 2019, the we broke up the Carnies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Back. Interesting, okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about punk pro wrestling in particular. And as I said at the very start of this interview, you know, you were absolutely one of the most talked about get your shit in champions in the company's very short history. Um, you're back and forth with uh, Matt Kenway and your series of matches with Jonathan or with, uh, with Troy Hollywood and uh, which kind of culminated at the last big uh, punk pro show cycle for your love in the two out of three falls. Now, you and uh, Troy kind of started things off kind of friendly, and then it kind of became a little more serious of a rivalry, and so on and so forth. Um, ranked among the other people that you've had to fight in your career, how does Troy Hollywood stack up? Troy would definitely be, like, in my top five. Really? Excellent. Yeah, definitely in my top five. Because, like, when I first met him, knew nothing about him. Never heard anything about him. And we went out there and had that, uh, our first match, and, you know, it was wonders. It was beautiful. Yeah, it had a lot of people talking. Yeah, it was awesome. And then, uh, and after that, you know, he just, he, he, was, he, was, he was like a infestation. He wouldn't go away. So, um, and I, you know, I give him props for that, for not ever, like, backing down, whatever. He saw that I, I was a top guy. He wanted to be the top guy. And, um, yeah, he just he left it all out there. And he caught me on a bad week. I didn't do my Pilates that week. We were locked out of the car. We showed up late. And, uh, yeah, he beat me. Now, so, in a case where you're dealing with, you know, going toe-to-toe with an opponent multiple times, not just in a two-out-of-three false sense, but just in, like, a general, almost a rivalry sense, what goes through your mind each time you step in when you're going into, like... Because you said before, when it came to Child's Play, sometimes the sequels have a hard time measuring up, and you two built quite the repertoire. In fact, I believe there's a best of on the Punk Pro YouTube channel, Cheap Plug, um, showcasing the battles that you two had. So when you're dealing in a situation where, you know, there's some pride on the line and you're going up against somebody multiple times in your career, what goes through your mind to kind of keep things, you know, on their toes? Because you can't go in with the exact same game plan because that's going to be a loss. So what goes through your mind when you're in these situations where you're going up against somebody that you've tussled with previously and you got and you know you have to go through it again and you got to outperform again? Um, well, the first thing that was my head is 
like, I gotta change everything I do. Mm-hmm. That'd be the first thing. Like, I'm always thinking about where can I do this? What would be the right time to place that for me? For, you know, for, because he, he obviously knows what I'm gonna do. Right, he's got game tape to study now. But, yeah, but the, like, problem with that is you don't know where I'm gonna do it. So I had to switch it around first not the same. Excellent. And I always like to just add new moves that he wouldn't see coming that he's never seen me do before that no one's ever seen. Excellent. So that's my main mindset is just moving moves around and adding new moves so he wouldn't see it coming. Excellent. Now, what would you what do you prefer just as you know one of the you know big up and coming wrestlers of 2019, especially in your age demographic? Um, do you prefer? matching up with people that you've already wrestled once or twice, or do you prefer first-time outings every time? Like, if you had your choice, regardless of company, would you rather get in the ring with someone you've already dealt with once before, or would you prefer, you know, if you had your way, to just wrestle somebody new every single, uh, new to you every single time you go to a company? I would probably, I'd probably like to have someone new okay. every single time, because, uh, like, how I look at it is, can't get better at what you do if you keep wrestling the same person. Okay. So I always love learning because you learn different things from everybody. So then it just better me having someone new every time. All right. Now that leads me to a question here, and let's take uh, personal attitudes out of the equation here. Of everyone that you've wrestled, good, bad, or ugly, who would you say you've learned the most from? Because you just said you learned something from every match you have. So what, who would you say you've learned the most from stepping in the ring with? Oh, easy. Uh, Chris Hero. Oh, excellent. Okay. That's, I was say, that is an easy answer. Yeah. Chris Hero. And, um... So walk us through that. Walk us through the meetup, the, 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 the actual tussling and, and the whole nine yards. I want to hear this saga. Um, okay, so it was, uh, 2016, I want to say. And uh, I just started wrestling for our IWA Mid-South. Um, started making my sweep through there, proving myself against uh, Money Matt Cage. We went through a series. We had a match. We had a two or three fold match. And uh, he was the measuring stick for IWA at the point. So Ian saw something in me that no one else did at the time. And uh, he offered me a spot in TPI. Wow. Me not knowing who I would get after he offered the spot. He always said he could always have money matches, but he liked to make dream matches come true. And he offered me Chris Hero. Holy hell. So I was probably, I was either 16 or 17 at the time, going up uh, against Chris Hero. And, um, my dad has known Chris Hero for a super long time because Chris Hero also worked for my uh, grandfather's company in Indiana. So um, he was really familiar with my family, who I was. And um, yeah, it, it was a brutal match. She beat the hell out of me. <laughs> well, I was just about to ask. I was like, is that a good thing that he knew your family or, or not? Like, you know, is that like a... Okay, well, he probably won't murder me if he knows who my family is. Or is it a, oh, now he's going to be extra hard on me because he knows who my family is? Yeah, he was definitely extra hard. It was a very, very, very brutal match. But uh, all in all, I had a blast. I would love to do it again. 
even though he did it in a bad note, saying I didn't earn his handshake and that he'll I have to come back and earn it later. Alright, well clearly get to NXT and uh you and you and Cassius can can uh make the sequel happen. That's clearly what happens needs to happen next. And hopefully that's what I'm praying for that one. <laughs> well we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Well we'll uh, we'll start the hashtag uh Wolf vs. Hero two and uh we'll you know we'll have uh we'll have the fans demand it. So let me ask you this. So with the success that, you know, twenty eighteen kind of brought IFHY and, and I think going into 2019 as well. Um, what is next for IFHY? What are the goals of the faction? What are you What are you all hoping to achieve? What are you looking to conquer? Um, I'm hoping for the group to uh, expand pretty much all over. Like, the group itself has grown so much. It's not just me, Cole, Sean, and Jordan anymore. We have people like Tyler Matrix in the group. We have uh, Alley Cat in our group. We have uh, Billy Starks in our group. Like the group just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're starting to have a, like, have a grow division. Like I just made a whole other girl. It was like, I'm hoping for the group to take over. Well, clearly I assume that the letter to Virgil for him to join IFHY, I'm assuming, is already in the mail. <laughs> That's how you know you're a true villain stable is when Virgil joins. Excellent, excellent. Now, there's a couple of questions here that uh, that we have the the fans demand that we have to ask all of our uh, all of our guests, and uh, I think you're in an interesting position that you can answer all of these confidently. So, first of all, the Trevin Adams memorial question: uh, When you are Traveling on the road, when you are crammed in a car with other members of IFHY and God knows who else, and you're traveling the long journey uh, to and from home to make the drives, as Brutal Bob says, uh, and you're starving. It's late at night. You're absolutely starving. Uh, Kemp's in the back seat whining. He's got to go potty. The whole nine yards. Where do you stop to get food and walk the dog? Sheets or Wawa? Okay, uh, that's some pretty. Str- that's, I think the strongest opinion you've had on the episode so far. <laughs> why? Uh, why such a strong allegiance to sheets? All right. So, first ever road trip was going to uh, North Carolina for CWF, and the uh, had sheets for the first time. Never knew nothing about it. Blew me away. Went down to Florida uh, for actually Punk Pro, so I can't remember which one. And um, people were like, well, let's go to Wawa, it's awesome. And, you know, so we ended up going whack. It was terrible, never again. Yeah. I can't remember what I ordered. It was just. You just blocked it out of your memory, clearly. Yeah. Never, I would never stop at a Wawa again. Wow, that is intense. Okay, all right. Chad will be very happy to hear that. He's our resident uh, sheet stirrer, as it were. So, our final two questions here, Jonathan. So, first of all, in the beautiful performance art that is professional wrestling, we lose a lot of talent, unfortunately, early. And so, uh, that being the case here... Jonathan, if you could wrestle or talk or work with anyone that was involved in professional wrestling who is no longer alive, who would it be and why? It would have to be Eddie Guerrero. 
Okay, now there's there's a follow-up to that answer. Uh, which variation of Eddie? Are you talking about, like, ECW Eddie? Are you talking about, like, Super Mullet WCW Eddie? Are you talking about Latino Heat? Lie, Cheat, Steal? What variation of Eddie are you talking about? Oh, the WCW Eddie. Ooh, okay. Like, that man would go with Mysterio. Like, their, their matches were so beautiful. And he played, like, such a perfect aggressor for, like, a cruiserweight division. It was insane. Because, like, he, he was, like, he was wrestling at the heavyweight in the cruiserweight division. Like, That's a great point. Like, Linko were just, like, on par of being cruiserweights but being a heavyweight. That's a great point, yeah. Excellent. Uh, second question. We here at the IndyCast believe that every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits in order to survive. For instance, rhinos have big horns, giraffes have long necks, etc., etc. Our belief is that human beings, as an animal, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So, with that being said, Jonathan Wolf, if you could fight any animal... What would it be, and what weapon would you use? Mm, what can I fight? You know what? I, I, I'll go with a chicken. Okay. <laughs> and uh, use my hands. You know why? Light work. Easy kill, easy done. Call it a day. That's fair. All right. Book yourself to win. That's what uh, Sidney Bacabella does. <laughs> Whatever's left work for me, you know. You get to eat it afterwards, you get a nice chicken dinner. That's a win-win. You win it twice. Excellent. 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 All right. So, uh, with that said, now is the officially sanctioned by Brian Cage element of the show, which is called Get Your Shit In, something you are familiar with. So, Jonathan, yeah. tell people where they can follow you on social media, what shows are coming up that you're a part of. Uh, just tell everybody what they should be looking for when it comes to Jonathan Wolf. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at LittleNyQuil, because I put, you know, the B words to sleep, trying to, I don't know how PG it is on here. Said well, I was going to say, on. seeing as you and I have both ta- been absolutely <laughs> filthy on this whole episode, I think we're past that now. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to save it up, clean up my act at the end. Um, follow me there uh, Instagram team underscore Jonathan Facebook is uh, Jonathan Wolf and uh, I have a show Friday for Wrestling Theology that actually crowned the first champions with the Gymnastic Boys versus uh, the Dirty and then Sunday I have uh, Fight or Die which is a company based in Indianapolis super fun show and yeah, that's all that's coming up right now for this week. Excellent, excellent. And I should mention marketing and and uh, merchandise-wise that Fully Gimmicked will be dropping the official in-house IFHY t-shirts in a couple of different color options. Uh, so we have gotten the blessing from the boys of Indiana. And so uh, that shirt will be coming soon. So even if you are not seeing them uh, live this very weekend, you can still go around supporting uh, one of the Hottest groups in wrestling today. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sharing your story. And I, I'm expecting a documentary about the Wolf Clan and their secret training facility somewhere in the near future. Uh, I'm assuming that your grandfather is actually Ox Baker, 
since you don't know anything about his actual wrestling career, so I'm going with that narrative. And uh, now allow me to throw it over to Chad Allen back at the IndyCast headquarters who is talking to other members of IFHY. Chad, take it away. I have the pleasure here on my end here in uh, IK World Headquarters to have uh, a six-foot swole, big match Cole. I have Cole Radrick here with us. Cole, welcome to the IndyCast. Thanks for having me. Well, definitely our, our dozens and dozens are glad to hear. So hopefully we'll have hundreds and hundreds at least by the time we're all done with this one. Um, Cole, we start every episode the same way. We have five questions we like to call the lightning round. Uh, we use it to get a couple of those typical boring podcast questions out of the way that everybody asks. Uh, so we can just knock them out, and then we've usually got three pretty dumb questions to follow it up for the fun of it. So, uh, right. I will start right away. Uh, podcast question number one, who trained you and when did you debut? Uh, I started training uh, December 2014 in New Wave Pro Wrestling. I was trained by David Hurd, also known as Blake Weed, uh, trained by Ollie Thorpe, and trained by Michael Guest, and I made my professional wrestling debut. Um, March 2015, but I've been in or around wrestling since I've been 12 years old. Well, um, you're you're going to help me out very nicely here on this one then. So what is your first wrestling memory? Um, so I have like two and they're both very foggy to me. Okay. So I'm not sure which one came first. So it was, do you remember when The Undertaker, uh, like the DVD came out, it was like 2004, 2005. So it was like leading up to his like WrestleMania 21 match. And uh, it was on pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure I was annoying my parents. And uh, they bought, ended up buying pay-per-view and stuff to me in my room and making me watch Shaq. But I didn't annoy them. But I think that either that was my first introduction to wrestling or my dad took me to a uh, local independent show. And, uh, you know, I ended up falling in love with it and it became my entire life. Do you remember who the first like? And I'm going to go a little off subject here, but do you remember who the first independent wrestler was that kind of that kind of caught your eye when you were going to those indie shows when you were younger? I mean, uh, like I uh, technically speaking, Mike the Convict Louise would be the first one. My mom uh, told me that you know she knew him in high school, and so I I kind of became attached, like I not attached, but like I kind of became familiar with him. But, like, if we're talking, like, a true independent wrestler that, you know, went around travel, it was, uh, actually, J.C. Bailey was the actual first independent wrestler I ever, like, really got myself invested in. Nice. Uh, so, okay, back to the lightning round, but we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, wh- who is your favorite movie villain? Oof. Oof. Okay. Uh, actually, so I don't know his name. Tell me, I'm sorry. But it's the, it's the little snot-nosed kid that comes to the super villain in The Incredible. Um, uh, 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 syn- uh, syndrome uh, is his, is his character. Is, uh, I'm trying to remember what his name was when he was a kid. But yeah, Syndrome was ultimately his, his, his uh, villain yeah. name. Yeah, so yeah, he was. Because like, he had like a, like a natural upbringing because like he all he wanted was you know, to be liked by a uh, hero and his hero shot him until he became a super villain. It's just natural storytelling. I really enjoyed that. Uh, it, like, the big Hero 6, you know, villain was a good one because I'm a huge big Hero 6 fucking nerd. So, those would probably be my two. I think my 
favorite villain overall would probably be Deadshot, though. Deadshot, good choice. Yeah, I'm a big Deadshot mark. Uh, next question on the lightning round list: uh, Hostess or Little Debbie? Uh, oh, this one is one of Mr. Brownies with like M and M's in it. Is that uh, that is sure Little Debbie. That is Little Debbie. Those are the uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, Little Debbie. Because in that case, fuck hostess. <laughs> that's the only like cake, candy stuff I eat besides airhead bites. So that would have to be it. <laughs> and uh, last one, my my wife's uh, most important question: Marvel or DC, and why? Uh, uh, I would have to take just because of that shot. Like, I'm a huge Deadshot nerd. Even if they screwed up the entire, like, Suicide Squad series with the first movie. Uh, Marvel's way more consistent, though. So I actually have enough thing with Marvel because if you look at those movies and their franchises, they're very consistent, like, when it comes to, like, film quality and actually like kind of sticking to the story. So now what? But so since we're on the Deadshot thing here, I want to stick with this for a second. Then um, thought so. I know you said they kind of screwed it up in in the uh, Suicide Squad movie. But what was your thought of Will Smith's portrayal of Deadshot? And what are your thoughts about the possible recasting? Or have you heard about who the recasting might be? Uh, I think they announced recasting. I forget who it was. Um, I think Will Smith played the character as well as he could for like the parameters he was given. Deadshot, I don't know. Like Deadshot, like connection with this kid is so much more than what they like portrayed to be. Because like that's all, most of the because all of this money that he basically makes goes to like funding his kids' like future. And I wish like people like would have got to see more of that in real true emotional connection. And then, yeah, and I don't know if the announcement's been officially made, but I believe I've been hearing rumors that uh, Idris Elba is going to be taking over Deadshot in the next movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's who it was. Which, I mean, I'm actually interested in that. Like, I don't mind. Like, I I enjoy Will Smith, but I think he might be a better fit. Right. I I I don't know. I just find, find Will Smith. And that was my yeah, thought I mean, that, that Idris Elba might might actually give a little more gravitas to the character than Will than Will Smith did. So now again, now yeah. that I have anything against Will Smith, but I, I just feel like Idris Elba is the the better actor of the two of them. So that's definitely yeah. leaving a lot open. So all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in a brief bit of interesting uh, note, uh, I actually now have on the line here. I've actually have two members of IFA try with me. Uh, I have added the Midwest mutt Sean Kemp into the line now. Uh, Sean, welcome to the IndyCast. Hello. So, so uh, Mutt, since you're coming in late, uh, I just finished the lightning round questions with with Cole. I'm going to hit those five questions to you now, so we can get those uh, get those through. And then uh, I've got a bunch of great IFHY questions for everybody. So, uh, let's hit the lightning round with you, sir. Uh, who trained you, and when did you debut? Uh, my father trained me. Uh, I can't even history forever. Wow, have you been okay? We're definitely gonna have to talk about that in a second. Uh, uh, what is your first wrestling memory? 
What is your first? What was your first wrestling memory? Uh, my first wrestling memory was uh, going to uh, OVW with my dad when I was like five and uh, watching like Nick Dinsmore, Ron Conway, and like Josh to train everybody. And then like uh, I would be wrestling my Sting doll on the floor and everybody would stop training just to watch the kick bumps for Sting. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, who is your favorite movie villain? Movie villain? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry, I love movies. That's right. Can't make it. I can't make it anybody. Oh, uh, here we go. Keep Paul Crowdeville. Oh, now who'd say that again? Crowdeville from the 101. Crowdeville. Very, man, old school reference. I like that one. So, um... <laughs> Next question, uh, Hostess or Little Debbie? Uh, little Debbie, okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's, he was, I think Cole was afraid you were going to answer that wrong because I do believe he said fuck Hostess by the time we were done. Uh, and last question, the most important one of the lightning round because it's my wife's favorite question, Marvel or DC and why? Okay, very nice. So, very rare that I get I get a DC answer and then it's not Batman. So glad to hear Super. What is it about Superman that that uh, that draws you to him? I think it's the idea of how it's. Uh, he's always like sophisticated. You'll have to remind me, by the way, uh, Sean. I, I will have to send you the footage of uh, one uh, John Davis was on our show a while back, and he went on a whole thing about uh, why Superman was Jesus. Uh, I'll have to send it to you. It was quite the interesting. It, it, and and when when John Davis tells you somebody is Jesus, you're going to believe him because you don't want to piss him off otherwise. So. So, gentlemen, whoever wants to kind of answer this one first, tell us a little bit about uh, IFHY and what and kind of what started, uh, what formed you guys start t- together as a group. Sean, your office or me? I can do it. Um, so, uh, actually, me and Dalton have always been together. Um, Fun story, me and Dalton thought we started, like, hanging out when we were 12, but we've always been traveling with our dads to get the rest of the shows. So we've had each other since we were like five, maybe six, doing like other eight years in Indiana. Um, fast forward to when we were like 14, me and Jonathan been wrestling for a little bit. No, that was 16, 16, 17. Fast forward about that age. Cole is training down at New Wave, uh, I believe, and Jonathan's doing shows down there. And Father goes back to our own fan we call the tub. They reach the WL and they're like, Hey, there's this young kid, he's really nice, he's here to learn. Uh, he comes up to Indianapolis wearing a really baggy butcher that doesn't fit him. <laughs> and uh, he's called himself uh, what was it? Oh, oh. No, it wasn't even that. Tell me, but I will remember what it is after we get done with this. 
Yeah, that might that might be my favorite my favorite stable name that I didn't fully understand what it meant until I like went to look it up and it's like, well, that was ridiculous. Of course, that's what it means because that that there's not much a much more perfect name for your guys' stable. I think that's probably it. So um, now, obviously, you guys are kind of the I guess would be the core three that that we know about here in Florida. But um, Cole, you guys have definitely I, I know you guys have had some battles with what I think is probably your newest member of IFHY recently. All three of you have, have fought uh, this particular person. So tell us a, a little bit about uh, the other the other member. Oh, really? Because we have Billy, Tyler Matrix, and Allie. Now, Allie's had it. Well, we're talk- we're full. I just think there's a, we're like the new age bull club. You know what I'm saying? We're sure that everybody... Yeah, Billy Billy was where I, I definitely wanted to start with on that one because like I said, I know she's been kinda she's um kinda had to go through the gauntlet of, of fighting all three. Well, I think uh Cole, she's getting ready to fight you pretty soon, if I remember correctly, right? Or yeah, did yeah, you... yeah. So she wants to draw that girl fight, she wants to shot at the latest WWE. So this Sunday she gets the last of the original eighty three IFH white members. Uh so she's you know, we're facing her out at eleven fifty one South Kentucky Avenue this Sunday night for Friday Night Wrestling. Uh she's uh, kind of our little niece. Uh, you know, she's like a little sister little niece, uh Robert or Mouse. He's like the like local wrestling photographer up here and that's his kid. And so she came to shows and before she ever got trained and like always hung out with me, Jonathan and Sean, became like a little feminine under the walls. So now she got trained by Grindhouse Professional Wrestling down in uh, Jeffersonville. And, you know, we put her into IFHY. She's been working her ass off. She's getting everything else she's making now. She wrestled Jonathan, she wrestled Sean. And so to truly get in the last, you know, to truly make sure she got the smoke for everybody, she wrestled Beast Buffet. That's why you should never. That's why you should never go on last if you could help it. You gotta, you gotta follow some of these other guys here. So, um, do you do you guys foresee ever adding anybody else? Because it's obviously you're at about uh, six right now by my math on that one. Is there is there an eye for more, or do you think that the the kind of the core group you have is where you're? Uh, where you're staying for a bit? Um, I think from the same way I live, I think that we're we're not going to add anybody. I think it's just going to be having an hour five. I think we might add one more. Um, I know we Jonathan, Jordan, and Cole are talking, but I think 
the reason why we have so much is because uh, we're seven. It's it's legit more than a stable. It's legit really like a family. So like we got Tyler Matrix out of uh, PWS uh, and uh, Jefferson Levy and uh, and um, we just uh, uh, pushed right away. He was really nice. Uh, he picked us up to do some shows for like this video for night. And it was just like, yo, you're a nice dude. We want to add you in. We want to like talk to you more. We want to like hang out with you. And I like, can't move from here from Texas. And um, what's kind of uh, meet people? Like, you're obviously uh, friends to be around here in Indiana. Like, no, you're joining the family. You're one of us. I think right now, I don't think there's anybody, but we don't, we just never know. Yeah, and, like, going off of what shots were, like, ISH-wise and, like, a stable where it's just, like, you know, we had a deep laugh on, like, there's just plenty of people that have asked to be a part of it, and it's, and it's, like, it's not that we don't watch them, it's the family thing, you know what I mean? Like, that person in our and ISH-wise is a family member, like, I'll go to, I'll go to that for Ali, I'll go to that for Tyler, I'll go to that for Josh, I'll go to that for Sean, I'll go to that for Billy. Like, it's, it's not having each other's backs no matter what. Um, and, like, you know, there have been, like, a talk about adding, like, one more person in, but it, is, it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't have to happen. Like, where we're at for six is perfectly fine. You know what I mean? You can find almost anywhere with a green finger down, and we'll probably want to steal the show for you. You know, that's that's what we're here to do. Um, we're here to, like, make sure everybody's happy. We go home happy, but we're finished first and foremost. Very nice. And for you guys, I, I've noticed lately, uh, and especially you guys had a battle with another uh, another group. There, there's been a lot of uh, of other teams popping up lately that kind of look like IFHY pretenders to use a bit of a probably a bit of a rough turn. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on some of the other stables that are popping up that are that are trying to kind of that are kind of going by your guys' playbook? Oh, you talk about like the one of these like young, young and broke. Yeah, sure. Those are exactly who I was thinking yeah. of. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple trash kids from, you know, combat zone, so whatever. I do like what they're asked for. I guess they're good at wrestling, but she smoked it once. So, Kemp, any, any thoughts on some of the pretenders that are out there? Uh, I mean, if they want the smoke, they can come here. Like, they're not hard to find. <laughs> Basically, there's enough members on our core in our group. Every Friday night at 1151, if they want to smoke, it's not hard to find. You know what I mean? You can, you can add us at ISH Wesley on Friday on Twitter if you want to smoke. Like, if you want it, it's, we're not, you know, we're not ducking anybody. We're, your, we're the best young group in, in the Midwest, if not the United States right now. So, Very nice. I- uh, Sean, one one for you here. Uh, speaking of of people that were kind of after the smoke for a little bit, uh, you guys almost killed the Carnies. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about what what happened there. You guys you guys basically caused kind of a, a rift to to one of the biggest uh, biggest groups on the independent scene for a while there. Well, I won't give us credit for it on the time I think about it, but. Uh, as if you follow us on Twitter, you do know that we are very passionate about that, the fact that we took down the Guardians. Um, if you watch our match on IndyWrestling.tv, uh, I think it's Dumpster uh, Fire, PWF is in Dumpster Fire. Uh, when we, uh, 
Well, I think what caused or the, the trickle effect of everything leading to it was uh, when me and Java came out, uh, we have a video. I'm pretty sure we're going to post it here soon. But when we came out, uh, we weren't in our peak tier. We weren't in our, we weren't coming out to our, our very upbeat dance song. When we came out, it started out with Nasty by HF for to nothing and then tinted black light. And when we walked out, it was all black. One, we're here to paint. The parties have built at PWF Black. We can come here to claim and retain the titles that we work for that take and grasp. And I think the idea of the two two young kids that were assembled them in the most way just walk in beat them twice, and with their own finish, uh, uh, the forces were, they were, it was too much for them, especially Nick, and they won't give us a time of day. But, we caused it now, we caused the, uh, we caused the destruction of, uh, the carnies. Of course, they're back together now, but, we still want to last before they take another forces destroyer. <laughs> now, for you guys, obviously, the, the so, Cole, the first time I, I got to see you wrestle um, was actually in a, uh, for, I believe, Brawl USA. They did a uh, a one-night uh, three-man uh, round-robin tournament for the for the Brawl USA title. So that's where I got introduced to you. Uh, and that's right. It took, you were one of the few people to take it off of, uh, to take it off of uh, Aaron Epic. Uh, who who obviously did end up with it back at the end of the night, but you you were definitely a, a contender there for a bit. Um, and then Sean, I know you uh, from Punk Pro, where uh, if I remember correctly, your first match you teamed up with with Jonathan Wolf. So, uh, but you guys have all done singles, you've done tag teams, you've done uh, trios. Obviously, do do you have a do you have a a preference of which way you'd like to you'd like you'd like to go? As far as our singles are tagged, yeah. Um, well, I don't really don't have a preference, honestly. Uh, singles, tags, and then, uh, I could have fun either way or put on a good show, or try to put on a good show, yeah, either way. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same with Sean, like, as long as I'm having fun at the end of the night, like, if I'm tagging with Shot or if I'm tagging with Wolf or I'm tagging with Billy, like I'm, I'm having a blast. Like, don't, when I drop it out there, think I think it was an represent IFHY or we go out as a group in a six-man or an eight-man tag and represent IFHY. Like, we're we're have fun at the end of the night. Like, that's what we do. So and actually and Cole, let's go back to a little bit. Uh, what are some of your remembrances of that that Brawl USA show? Because that was that was definitely a killer show. And if anybody hasn't seen that, um, you should you should definitely go look up that show because all 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 of those matches on that show were excellent. Uh, I remember Kid Day hating so hard and couldn't the biggest drip I had at the bar after my match. Uh, Air Epic spit water in my eye and. I couldn't see for half of it because everything was blurry. Half of the first round match. Uh, I had a 60-pound belt around my waist for all of 45 minutes. <laughs> and I felt on top of the world. Uh, and other than that, like, I think that's like one of the last times I actually did these five meetings to the outside. So, 
I think it maybe hit it ten more times after that, but yeah, like it was it was a fun fun show. I wrote down with Trip Cassidy. Uh, I think Kirsty Davis was also on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, it was me to uh Gray, I believe. To Trip. Wait, me, you, AJ, and Trip. I believe so. It was all of our USA one with the gallet. Yeah, that might be it. I might even think it was a, the top four sixer that we did. Uh, um, yeah. Well, let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about uh, obviously the the company that that uh, the IndyCast holds dear to its heart because uh, maybe one of the people that normally co-hosts the show run the company. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you guys in in Punk Pro Wrestling. That's uh, you guys have had quite. Let me so let me set a brief stage here. Um, you know, obviously, Kemp and Wolf come in first, and both of you guys came in pretty. Happy go lucky, uh, and then somewhere along the way, uh, everything turned sour. And then Cole, you you came in obviously your your debut matchup against uh, Gabe Zilla of all people, uh, quite the quite the auspicious start. Um, and then obviously you quickly by the end of that show had joined up with your IFHY brethren. So um, tell us a little bit about how you how Punk Pros treated you so far, and kind of where where you see you guys going from here because. This past show, especially, uh, and I know I don't know if anybody listened to our our post uh, show rundown. I believe all three of you guys were pretty much high on our list of uh, people who stole the show that night. So, uh, me, Sean, and Jonathan were your three MVPs. Go figure. It's not, um, it's not luck. It's obvious. Uh, you know, it's fun. Like I came to Costco, left the big store, and then it was just one of those things where it's like. My boys are in there, so uh, why not laugh? My boys is a doggy dog world, no pun intended, Sean. So I'd rather be on the side with my mutt and my wolf and probably everybody else because that's what I have my back there. And now, you know, every time I have to try to support her, we make a statement. Um, to that point, uh, well, I stand as far as this. Uh, when you watch that figure shooting scramble highlight video, um, I counted. And out of everybody who was in that video, I was talking to the most. Meaning I've been in almost every single figure shooting match that the press had. I've not been in all of them, but I've been in almost every single one of them. So, with that being said, most of the tables are held from uh, the Kishishinian belt, correct? So, with that being said, I've had multiple title opportunities to Kishishinian. It. But recently, after Jobs Day came out, Spack Hill kicked uh, Tinway, won it, the belt has not been put, up, put on the line. I've been in a few since then, after actually. Uh, and it's not very much me because you see how, you see how they don't care about us? Because I just walked in, he get the belt, but you've had title average, uh, title opportunity after so many putting the scramble on your back and they just keep throwing you to the side and they don't even recognize you. So Jonathan made me change my way and realize, you know, if we want something, we gotta go get it. Well then, you know, Kent, that brings you up to a very interesting question because obviously, um, 
Wolf just lost the title fairly recently to Troy Hollywood after a series of amazing matches. Um, I would assume, uh, you know, that that obviously now that Wolf has lost it, that would move him more to the back of the pack, for pardon the, the pun on that one there. Do you think this is your opportunity then to move up and, and challenge Troy for that title? And then my my other big question is obviously the the person that came out of the last get your shit in match uh, for the last uh, the last show we had uh, was won by one Gabe Zilla who obviously like we've said Cole has some uh, some uh, history with here do you do you think you could face up with Gabe Zilla for I guess that possibility of being I guess the number one the number one contender if. If Wolf gets his rematch, we have to name another number one contender. So, should it come down to you and Gabe Zilla over who go, who gets the next shot? I don't know, Gabe Zilla. So, uh, should we get a number one contender spot after getting one win? I mean, I've been in quite a bit, so that puts me up there. But if I got to, I mean, just really, I'm not alone, dude, and. Say that again, Cole. True. Cole is Cole is very big. We've we my you even my kid was chanting that after a while. So um uh Cole, last thing for, for you on this one here as it comes to Punk Pro or wherever this may end up next. Uh, I know there was uh, some rumblings, uh, some possibilities, uh, and I've even heard some uh, some honest possible discussions about the Taco Bell death match. Uh, talk a, talk a little bit about the possibility and what what is involved in a Taco Bell death match. Okay, first off, it's not a possibility. I am the undisputed king of the Taco Bell death match. I get that well known and clear. On a t-shirt, it must be true. What is included in talk about that match? Uh, you guys are going to have to find out on your own, whenever that match comes to light. Now, I have thrown out the challenge. I have told the powers that be at Punto that whoever wants to make their talk about that match can. I'm not going to tell them what's in it. So, accept the match. Whoever wants to smoke is going to talk about that match. Accept it and find out why I am in the talk about that. Now, my my question would be, uh, it, it seems like the most obvious contender for said Taco Bell deathmatch would be one Midnight Mermaid Aspen Rose, uh, who also has uh, obviously uh, declared her love for Taco Bell much like you have. Uh, would you be well, concerned if... if huh? She's a fake Taco Bell eater. Go ahead. She's a, well, now why... Okay, so hold it. Why is she a fake Taco Bell eater? <laughs> If anybody gets pissed out of fake Taco Bell here, it'd be cool. And that right, Cole? It's right. Taco Bell gets pissed out of fake Taco Bell here, too. That's been the mermaid. It's, it's more of a beat-up kind of girl and a triple-A girl than she's a Taco Bell girl. Oh. Like, she couldn't tell you what's on up to loop. She doesn't eat pizza in the clip. 
Like, she's a mermaid. How can she just walk on land? They don't have Taco Bell There's Taco Bell in Atlantis? No. I'm a champion Taco Bell. That's not. He doesn't, she doesn't even eat Taco Bell. Give she's... me visual proof that she eats Taco Bell, and I'll rethink about it. Okay, very okay. interesting. So if, Aspen wants, if Aspen wants to step up to the plate, if Russell Bean and Taco Bell, that's not. He can't. I'm not hard to find. Yeah, you want to see that punk pro? I'll break her on the collarbone. Punk pro, Taco Bell Deathmatch. Come. <laughs> that's a, I don't know if that would be the craziest thing that's ever happened to punk pro, but yeah, I know it's a, there's there's a lot to go ahead on that one, but I, I'm sure he'd be willing to take to take the opportunity to try to be the craziest thing. Um, I, I think probably Effie choke slamming a child still might be way up there, but that's a whole other thing. So true story. <laughs> I mean, Aspen is essentially a child, so it's fine. Oh, oh, oh! We have we have serious fighting words there. Now we need visual proof, and okay, well, this, this, I think this episode will get real interesting after a bit here. So, uh, so, uh, gentlemen, one of the most important questions we have on our uh, on our podcast is what we like to refer to as the Trevin Adams Memorial Question. Uh, and it goes thusly, uh, it's late at night, you uh, just finished a show, you're driving back home, uh, or driving to the hotel, or wherever you're heading to from here, it's probably 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, you've got a rumbly in your tumbly, as we like to say, uh, and as you're coming over the hill, you see a shining beacon that, that's going to be able to uh, feed that crave, uh, that shining beacon that you see, is that shining beacon a sheet, or is that shining beacon a Wawa? A sheet or a Wawa? Yeah. Sheets or a Wawa? Which is your preference? Sheets is the way to go. Now, if you're going to Florida, obviously it's racetrack, but sheets. Sheets. Hallelujah. Yeah. By far, sheets is the great. I saw a Wawa. I didn't care. I need everyone to, to help me tear down Wawa because it does not need to exist ever. Wawa's the worst. You know, well, put seats in the place of Wawa's, and in the world will be fine. You know, yeah, I... Like, you, don't, you don't have that many options at Wawa's. Like, it's only full sandwiches. I need me a personal pan pizza. I need some boneless buffalo wings. I need a vegan donut. And you can't get none of that at Wawa. You need, you, need you, the mac, you need the mac and cheese. The mac and cheese at Wawa, or at, at, che- at Cheats, is absolutely amazing. No, no, no. Guess what? Cheese is a lot better. If, you, if you're relying solely on mac and cheese, look, I love no, you should, 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 um, the, the rest of the people on this, on this podcast, for some reason, think Wawa is better, but you know what? I've, I've never fully, you know, tried to claim anybody. I usually try to keep my, uh, you know, keep it right down the middle, like, you know, like Bill Alfonso used to do. But for this one here, I think from now on, I'm putting my ring finger down because you guys are sheets. You know how to do this. So, yeah. so. Yeah, let me tell you. Okay. So sheets. It's got all the good foods, right? I will say, racetrack is so reliable. If you ever have a buffalo chicken roller, boys, I made a vow for myself to always get food if I see them. Now, yeah, maybe it's 4 o'clock in the morning and I just hate, now I hate myself, but I have to get them because they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> then I can hear Cassie all day. 
Plus me in my neck until, uh, until, uh, until the spurs in my belt. Last time you went to the racetrack, Yeah, I was about to say, is there, a bad t- is there a bad time for ice cream? I didn't know that was such a thing, but... <laughs> oh, man, when you ask the reflex like mine, oh, boy, there's no, well. for everything, I'm telling you. Well, gentlemen, we have, we have two questions we ask everybody at the end of our episodes, and uh, let's see, I think, uh, Cole, because you were here first, I'm going to have you start first with the first question. Uh, so, and I apologize. The first question starts a little dark on this one here, but, uh, here in the, uh, lovely performance art that we call professional wrestling, sadly, we do lose a lot of talent early. Uh, if so, if there is a one wrestler that you could, uh, get the opportunity to work with who is no longer with us, who would it be and why? Hey girl, easily, easily. Just a learning experience along. Yeah, that's it. So now Eddie is a very. Po- I, I should I should have the same guy I wanted to play Now Eddie's a very popular answer, so we like to know which which version of Eddie was your favorite. Are you, uh, you know, obviously? Uh, I would go with uh, the Halloween Havoc, where he wrestled with Ray. I believe it's either '97 or '98, where he wrestled Ray when Ray had uh, the Ultimate Bull on. Yes. You know, question two. So that's the that's the Eddie, the vicious Eddie. Uh, that Eddie, well, I would think like the '05 can't beat Ray Eddie. Right. No, very nice. Good call on the Halloween Havoc one. I like that. That's probably one of the better answers I've had for uh, Eddie on that one. So, uh, Kemp, same question. Who would you? Who? What? Uh, what ghost would you like to wrestle? Uh, I'm torn between two. Uh, I'm torn between uh, the British Bulldog and Mister Perfect. Very nice. Ooh. Good. Good call. What about now? I we get perfect of a, a decent amount. We don't get bulldog too often. Tell us a little bit about why British bulldog. Um, I think personally, being the character that I am, I I always try to represent uh, or try to uphold everybody who's come before me. As uh, as as like I do the three headbutts. Uh, uh, as like uh, throwing in here and there for some of my matches, uh, and I just. I've always been like amazed by how he works. And, like I used to do uh, for the longest time. My finish used to be his like over the shoulder power slam that he used to do. Uh, and I just I would love to be able to take his mind and be able to take what he's brought forth of like basically I guess like so much like the dog or or uh, or tired to. But I have, like, so many, like, there's just so many people out there, it's hard to, like, just one. Well, no, you picked two very good ones here. So, uh, gentlemen, question number... I'm picking another one. I'm picking Giant (laughs) Picking who? Giant Gonzalez. I get two. Oh, okay. (laughs) Now, why, 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 why El Gigante Giant Gonzalez? Because it's the only guy you could measure up to? Because height-wise, he's the only one that would be close. I mean, he'd be close. I'd still be a little bit taller, but I think, I mean, at least it'd be kind of fair at that point. That's right. Then at least it's kind of a fair fight, because now you are actually picking on someone your own size. Yeah, I mean, he comes up to my chair. I guess it's fine. 
So, gentlemen, question number two. Uh, we here at the IndyCast believe that all animals in nature uh, have certain traits that help with their survival. Giraffes have long necks, rhinos have big horns, etc., etc. Um, our belief is that uh, the human's trait is the ability to use tools. So, with that being said, Midwest Mutt, Sean Kemp, Six foot full, big match, Cole. If you could fight any animal, what animal would it be, and what weapon would you use? And whoever wants to answer first gets gets to go ahead. Uh, I want to fight a newborn kitten, and I am going to use the power of the bear hug, <laughs> which is the only weapon I need. And I'll hug the cat until it goes to sleep, and I win my. <laughs> You know what the, like we have a dog on our seat. It was like pregnant answer that we've heard an animal. Like, come on now. You know what the you know what the sad part is? That is yeah. not the first time a kitten has come up in, in with this question. So uh, it was a little more violent the last time I had it. That was uh 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 Sydney Bacabella from uh Chikara uh, was definitely gonna use a tack hammer. But that's a whole other story. Uh Kemp, how about how about you? If you could fight any animal, what would it be and what weapon would you use? Also, not the first time Tracy Smothers fighting a bear. <laughs> so I like how I like how Tracy Smothers fighting a bear has come up multiple times with this question too. I love it. So. <laughs> uh, the uh, Tracy Smothers is the man. Tracy Smothers, if, Tracy Smothers, if you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this, please come on the IndyCast. We'd love to have you on. Uh, so, uh, gentlemen, this is the time that uh, one Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, to get the opportunity to let everybody know where your social media is, where they can buy your merchandise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know what, Cole? I had you start the question, so uh, Sean, I'll let you start to get your shit in. The floor is yours. Um, you can follow me, uh, I keep my social media pretty much the same across the board. Uh, Hear the Mutt on all three platforms. You can also follow us on IFHY, uh, on Twitter, IFHY317, on Instagram. Uh, we have an IFHY Facebook account. Uh, pretty sure we have an IFHY Tumblr. Um, and we are in the works for an IFHY TikTok. If you say that, that'd be fun. But, um... TikTok, you know those videos where it's got like people covered over whatever they say, it's like, oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. yeah, hey, me and Sora have been talking about that, and I don't think Giles is down, but hey, I'll be down for a TikTok, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know what, across the board, uh, Paulie's trying to, uh, I'll be a thousand. And Cole, go ahead, how about you, get, to, get your shit in, sir. I'm basically the same. I'm at Cole Ratchet on Twitter and the Instagram machine. I am also at IFHY317 on Twitter. And you can find basically anything of mine online on YouTube at Cole Ratchet. And where and do you guys have your merchandise on sale online? Where can they where can they get that uh, oh so sweet IFHY uh, shirt that my, my wife wants to buy next time you guys are in town? That's our Sean. Sean's the merch man for IFHY. Uh, as far as I respond, we have a lot of uh, uh, tangible uh, products. But uh, we are going to have a Springs, I think a Springs tea account, I believe is what we're trying to do. Uh, I know me and Jordan are trying to work, uh, work on it. 
but as far as uh, trying to get a t-shirt, we could either try to mail it to you or uh, look for something here and we'll bring them over with us. And then uh, we can uh, do that. Yep, so. Sorry, the clause for us. We can book this. Yep. Uh, yes. That's okay. Catch him. Catch him in the show, folks. Pick up an IFHY shirt, or uh, or you can get Cole's. Uh, you can get Cole's uh, King of the Taco Bell Deathmatch shirt that he just came out with that I love. Um, yeah, Aspen. Okay, well, Aspen, you've officially been called out on this episode. This this is going to get interesting. Two Taco Twelve Pack. Two. The two Taco Twelve Pack. Come get that come get that Taco Bell smoke apparently. So well, well gentlemen, thank you very much for uh for both of you being on the uh the IndieCast with us today and thank everybody as always to our, to our dozens and dozens uh for listening to the IndieCast. Uh as always everybody, I am Chad Allen and until next time, uh we always say Deuces. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Game. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. It's that dirty ass Meryl Streep. We are. We're touching wieners. Touching wieners professionally. What I am is a big, queer, stone cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.